to The Human Project, your podcast for inspiring stories. I am Corina Rosa Falkenberg. My today's guest is a very strong woman. Anne-Marie was growing up in a very abusive environment, physically and psychologically. In her 20s, she was deeply into drugs and she felt even obliged to sleep with drug dealers to get access to drugs. She was twice married until she realized there is something. She has to break pattern. She succeeded and in her 30s she founded three yoga studios and now close to her 50th birthday she is happily married and is having two kids. So I would like to dig in today how can we break pattern and how can we start over in life and reinvent ourselves freshly. Let's get it started right now. Marie, it's a pleasure to have you here. What is your husband saying about you in three words? Crazy, crazy and crazy. Oh, I so love that. <laughs> I love craziness. I even, you don't know, I wrote a book which is called Crazy for Life. Crazy for Life? I like that. I like that. <laughs> crazy for Life. What do you say about him? Kind, patient and loyal. I met your husband before I met you and I got exactly the same feelings when I saw him first. It was in a gym and he was practicing, making exercises and he was smiling at me. It was such a beautiful, heart-fulfilling smile and then I could see that one of his teeth in the front was a silver color and I asked him whether I could capture my picture and he said, of course, go ahead. You have been married for 12 years with him. What's your marriage like? Our marriage is a beautiful partnership. You know, we have kids together, we've run businesses together, and so I really feel like it is the truest partnership. Like we are there for each other 100% and you know, we have this thing that's, you know, it's like making sure the other person is taken care of. Like always stand up for each other. You need to go work out, you need to go meditate. So we make space, we each grab the kids and say, you go do your own thing. So there is really is a true partnership. He handles the back end of the business. I handle the front end of the business. So I really feel like our relationship has, like, is fully partnership. You are American and I think your husband is American as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I know parts of your life story. You were born in America. You had your last business in California. You were running three yoga studios with your husband together. Mm -hmm. You moved to Bali and you are now building up another kind of conscious community close to Ubud. How is it when you are doing business with your husband? Is it that sometimes it's tensionful because you're going home and you're still in this kind of business mood and thinking? Or do you say it brings us closer, this proximity also on the business side creates something I have not experienced before. Yeah, I think that we, we've always been close, but working together makes us closer, and it also makes me want to, you know, throw a fork in his eye a lot of times, you know, because mm -hmm. he's slow and steady and super methodical, and, 
he loves a spreadsheet and organization. He's always tidying around the house and I'm messy and wild and, you know, free. And I'm just like, ah, just fuck it. Let's just do it. You know? And he's like, no, we need to think about it. And so I think it is a great partnership, but it also creates a lot of tension at, at times where we're just, we argue about things and, um, it's hard to leave it at home. It's hard to leave it at the office, if you will, or at the studio or wherever it is, because it's always there, you know, mm -hmm. and you're and plus we're together all the time. So one of the ways I handled is I'm an, a loner, you know, like as mm -hmm. much as I'm an extrovert, I'm an introvert. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's often that I will, I will mm -hmm. just go away for like a week before mm -hmm. when I was in California, I would come to Bali for five weeks because I need space and I like to be alone and that's how I recharge. And, and he really respects that. And he doesn't need that necessarily. Like he likes to be with the kids and the family, like being a father is like most important to him. So I guess we get each other and we support each other in those needs. But sometimes, yeah, it's freaking hard. Mm. You told me as well, like business-wise with the three yoga studios in California, there was a need for you to change, to initiate a change. And you said uh, in the pre-conversation we had that you could count on your partner. You were on the same side. He was with you, also in taking the decision to leave the U.S. and to move over to Bali. So a fresh new start, you are 49 years old. How does it feel? Are you not too old for a fresh new start? Because you're close to 50. One can say, well, I want to now settle down, relax, and take it easy. How does it feel for you? Where do you get all that energy from for such a new start? You have kids. You told me they are six and nine. So they also require your energy, your attention, your love. Where is all this source coming from? Girl, that is a good question because I really did feel, you know, I have three yoga studios, but two of them I sold uh, like a couple of years ago when I had my second kid just because it was just like too much. And so now they're, they're owned by somebody else, which has been a great freedom. And then my last studio, which is kind of like really small in California now, it's a whole new corporation, if you will, that we're just a small part of. Starting over, well, I didn't really plan this. I kind of thought the yoga studios would support me all the way into the bitter end and I could relax honestly mm -hmm. that's that was my thing I, I'll move to Bali and let the studio support me and I'll just chill out for the rest of my life and you know be footloose and fancy free however the universe had other plans for me and you know honestly it's been it's been a rough road you know there's been a mm -hmm. lot of grief you know a lot of yeah, like, am I too old to start over? Like, what do I have to offer anymore after I feel like everything has kind of been swept away? Um, I balance between I'm excited mm -hmm. and I'm also in despair a lot. So I can't say that it's easy, but I, I do know that I've always been a hustler. Like, I grew up being a hustler. I grew up being a fighter, a survivor, a thriver, all those things, and I know that I have a lot to offer in some capacity and right now I'm just waiting for that pure alignment to tap in. Mm -hmm. I love it. This view on I'm passionate. I know something good will come. This is a period. I sit there. I give my best, but I'm patient. How can you trust the universe? How do you get this confidence that It will be for the better and it will be good. Where is this strength coming from? I mean, what's the other option? You know, the other option doesn't seem that appealing to me. And I don't know, like I wanted to move to Bali three years ago. 
it was an ugly, messy road to get here. I didn't see it coming that way, but here I am living mm-hmm. in Bali, you know, uh, which was my dream. I wanted to open a yoga studio. I opened three. And I've always wanted to open a retreat center. I'm opening a retreat center. So mm-hmm. it's never, it's not always the, the way you think it's going to be, but it happens. And, you know, my teacher, Johnny Kest, told me many years mm-hmm. ago, he said, do your practice. And that's my spiritual practice, which is my yoga and my meditation, which I'm committed to and I practice daily. He said, do your practice and you will be taken care of. And in that practice, the biggest thing that I've been working on as of recently, this last really year and a half, is worthiness and worthy to receive. Mm-hmm. And that is a hard one because I don't know if I've ever really felt that. I think I've always just worked and hustled and just worked so mm-hmm. hard. I've, I can outwork anyone. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing I know is like, give me a task and I will I'll work until it's done. You know, like I have a work ethic. But being worthy to receive, that that has been a struggle. And that has been my work these last really two years, you know, in these meditations I've been doing lately. And that's what I'm working on is being able to sit and wait to see what's going to be inspiring and passionate for me and also feeling worthy that I deserve that. Right. I know that you're coming from challenging family background. Um, you had a dad and a mom both passed away in the same year, within just a couple of months in between. You were 24 years old. Your dad, you said before he was a mean person and your mom nonetheless was next to him. She supported somehow him because they were in a marriage. How was it for you to grow up in such an environment and then have your own family and to maybe break some pattern to not make it the same as what you were um, going through in your life? How could you reach that? How did you get to a certain awareness or awakening that you don't want your kids being going through the same thing that you did? Hmm. Yeah, it's a work in progress for sure. I mean, what do they say? Children fail to listen to their parents but succeed at becoming them. You know, there's a deep fabric ingrained in the DNA and also in the, the nurturing and or, or lack thereof nurturing mm-hmm. this, this habitual thing that we grow up in. And, you know, my father, like, he would punch me in the face. He would hold me and, like, literally punch me and beat me and whips and, you know, belts or whatever and things like that. And... You know, I waited to have kids. I didn't have my first child until I was 40 because I honestly didn't think I would ever have kids because I did not want to repeat those patterns. And I didn't feel strong enough, honestly, to do it because I'd been in physically abusive relationships. I've been mean. And mean is like a go-to because it's, it's what I know. When I'm hurt, become mean. And it's something, a pattern I'm really working to break. It's, it's not over. You know, it's still, it's still a process. Um, I don't beat my kids. Not because I don't want to. <laughs> because kids are assholes. Um, they can be very, very challenging. Oh. I have two nephews. I love them. 
I'm not a mother, but I think I know where you're coming from. So what do you do in those moments to break that pattern, to not treat your kids like you were treated when you were younger? Well, this is the strength of yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. It's like you break patterns because you sit. I mean, I've done so much meditation work that I have sat with the, the, the strongest feelings. And then to breathe through them and know that they're going to pass. And like not knowing in your mind, but in your body to let those, to, to, to just know that this feeling will pass. And, you know, honestly, when my kids were little, I used to lock myself in the, in the bathroom mm -hmm. so I didn't hurt them. You know, to protect them from me. When I would get to an edge, I would just like go and I would lock myself in the bathroom and cry and just be like, or scream or whatever, so I could protect them. And yeah, I mean, it's still a work in progress and I'm, I'm still working on it every day. And that, that's, again, I keep going back to my spiritual practice, as messy as it is, it has saved me from repeating those, some of the patterns. Mm -hmm. Some of the patterns are still there, you know, there's still work to be done. And I'm really grateful that I have some awareness to break those patterns mm -hmm. and work on it. And I also apologize to my kids. I make so many mistakes. And I look them in the eyes and I always tell them, like, my reaction is not about you. It's mommy's reaction. It's not because there's something wrong with you. And being able to ask them mm -hmm. for forgiveness or even tell them that it's not about them is also a practice. That's a very wise view. Well, so when I saw you the first time, you are not so tall, right? How tall are you, Anne-Marie? Uh, I like to say five, three and a half, <laughs> but I think if you really measured me, it'd probably be five, two. <laughs> but I could see so much power. The first time we met, I could see the whole power that you have. Even right now, you can also keep eye contact, yeah? When you're speaking, you're moving your hands, and that can be so powerful. Yeah? I saw you crying this morning, so you have so many emotions in there. And you shared, thank you for that, part of your life, your life experience, your life journey. You shared as well that as your dad was um, an alcoholic, you had also to face that, that kind of addiction. And you told me you were twice married at a young age to also an alcoholic what did it what did it teach you that period in your life i'm asking that also because you said as well when your parents passed away when you were 24 you had a period let's call it a black period you went into drugs you tried even cocaine you went so deep in yeah to see your inner demons to maybe make you feel being alive nonetheless How could you get out of this addiction circle? Because right now you're standing there as a beautiful woman, beautiful soul. Yeah? So you made an incredible journey in your life. I, I honestly don't know. I, sometimes I feel like it was karma. Like mm -hmm. somehow I got the karmic seed. You know, if you believe in we chose this journey in some mm -hmm. way, you know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But something in me some spark in me anytime i would go down a really dark rabbit hole there was something in me that said no that's not for you mm -hmm. that's not your path your path is towards the light you know go to the light mm -hmm. and i don't i don't know where that comes from like i honestly i really don't know but i'm so grateful for it you know like mm -hmm. i could cry right now just thinking about how grateful i am that i've i've always had this little mm -hmm. voice this light this soul that it says no no 
over here. This uh -huh. is your way. This is your way. This is the way. You know, have you ever seen the Mandalorian? This is the way. You know, this is the way. I just really don't know, but I trust it. Well, this is so touching. Now I'm getting like. So when you say you went so deep, you have seen all your black corners within you, and nonetheless, there was an inner voice that that lightened you the way that there is the sunny side, there is the light, and there is the love. Because many people cannot see this tiny little sh light at the end of the horizon that leads you the way also out of it again. <sighs> yes. You have two children. You have an incredible piece of flower within you. Of, so you're so enriched of experiences. What do you want your children, uh, what do you want for your children in their life? Because experiences help also, like they are a heart opener. It's very difficult, a heart can be broken, but the light can come in. So would you say, it was my life, that's good, but for my kids, I want to protect them. Do you want to protect them, or do you say, it's theirs? I don't think we can really protect our kids. You know, I had this realization once when I was teaching yoga. You know, teaching yoga to me is a, is a way that I channel source. Like, when I'm teaching, I'm not really there. You know, it's like something mm -hmm. happens, and I, I don't even remember half the classes I teach because I'm like, I don't know what happened there. Mm -hmm. But I remember this, like, moment when my son was very, very young, and he was... My son struggles, like he's, he struggles with some things. And I remember going like, I can't save him. Mm. Mm. I can only hold space for his struggles. Wow. You know, I, it's not my job to save him. My, my job is just to hold space. Just as a yoga teacher is like, I'm not here to tell, fix anyone and to tell anyone what they're doing is right or wrong. I'm just here to hold space for them to work on themselves and to figure it out on their own. Like, we, we can't take advice from people. I mean, we can, but it's really our own journey. And the same with my kids, you know? It's like, I can only hold space for their struggle and let them know that they are loved, regardless, no matter what, you know, what mm -hmm. they go through, and that they're gonna be okay, they're gonna make it through. They're gonna make it through, just like I did. 49 years, here I am, somehow. All the darkness, all the crazy, the addictions, the, the abuse, the, Whatever it is, the financial, you know, losing of everything, I'm still here. Still having fun. <laughs> still laughing, you know? Like, still laughing. Still having fun. Still dancing. Still jamming to music. <laughs> meeting people. Connecting. Like, all like the things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, we're still here. You have my full respect for that. You told me as well, like, in California, you were running this yoga imperium and it was all gone within a short period of time due to some external factors you also experienced a kind of let's call it shit storm in the social media where some friends even turned the back where you didn't have had the chance to justify yourself so you were again faced with some kind of traumatic experience where maybe some trust got lost trust in people that you loved as well so what is love for you this universal concept Do you say there is just one version of love? Or would you say the love towards my kids is def different to the love towards Chris, my husband, the love towards myself? What is the concept of love for you? There's another question that I don't know if I can really answer. You know, that, that 
shifts for me all the time. Mm. My teacher says this, <laughs> I, this, this teacher is really, really quite, he's changed my life quite a bit. And he always says, I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. And I think about that, you know, like even the people who've hurt me, mm. I have love for them. You know, I just, that's, you know, not that I don't have like this mm. feeling of betrayal and hurt and pain, but I know that they're doing the best they can. And so I know that I've done the best I can and I've hurt people. I mean, like I've hurt people for sure. And I can't take that back, but I can forgive them. I can forgive myself and I can hold space for for love for everyone and it is I don't know if it's different it just is I don't even I can't I don't even know how to answer that love just is what it is in that moment and it changes and it shifts but I don't know I just know that I can always work on being kinder and mm. that's love for me mm. <laughs> I know I'm it's, a cancer <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very touching and I like the idea to just be kind. This is something like if we all would just be kind, would help. It would be a huge help for the world. May I ask you because you said just said like regarding the concept of love that there is also this importance to forgive. You that you were growing up in a very abusive family. You were physically and psychologically abused. Your dad was an alcoholic. Yeah, you mentioned as well like financially you were not very stable. Could you forgive your parents? If so, could you do it even before they died? Or was the process something that has started afterwards? Oh, I was 24 and I was so not in any space of awareness when they passed away. And that's when I turned towards drugs and alcohol, like in a, in a very destructive way for a while there. Uh, I think forgiving is still a process, you know, like it's layers and layers, you know, it's like, oh man, I'll be doing some spiritual work and I'll have a coach and they're like, daddy issues. I'm like, no, I worked through my daddy issues. I've forgiven, I've forgiven, I've forgiven, you know, and I think it's layer, layer upon layer, you know, I, in my intellectual sense, I feel like I have forgiven, you know, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I forgive my parents. They did the best they can with what they have. I mean, I think about what they grew up with, you know, like, man, like the freedoms that I have had. My mom didn't have those kind of freedoms. Her mom didn't have those kind of freedoms. Like they were forced into marriages, forced into kids, you know, in a Catholicism where like you didn't use birth control. So they have kids without even wanting kids. Mm. Fuck. Kids are hard. And if you don't want them, even harder. So like I can't even imagine what they've gone through. Mm. You know, I just can't even imagine. So I do, I forgive over and over again. It over and over. There is so much wisdom and self-reflection in what you are saying. It's highly appreciated. This morning you told me about an episode, and I loved it, so I'm saying it again. I got this call for yoga. What happened there in your life? Remember, like it was yesterday, at 9:30 Saturday morning. My teacher Tammy Schneider, Cleveland Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> in Javasana, looking for spirituality, other places, and I remember having like, wow, this is it. This is what I'm going to do with my life. 
It was a moment of peace, a moment of pure joy, like joy that I'd never experienced mm -hmm. before. Peace that I'd never experienced before. And I think in that moment, I, I was truly connected. You know, like people always say, oh, go connect with nature. We are nature. There is no connecting with nature. There is connecting with the self. Mm. And once we connect with ourself, we connect with nature. Source is not outside of us. Source mm. is all around us and within us. And so when we connect, that's it. You know. And then when I found that in my yoga practice, my meditation practice, my breath work practice, still 25 years later, deeper and deeper, layer by layer, we keep going. So you found your purpose. It came to you. Where do you define your purpose right now? Now after what happened in California, now that you had to move homes. How is the journey now to refine where to find that purpose because what I said before is so true you are so full of energy you are a maker and I can see what you said as well earlier you are sitting there you're full of patience because you know that's what I understood something is coming it's just a question of time and I think then it's whole beautiful energy you have with all this amazing experiences and life is full of experience maybe that's its own purpose you put it somewhere so Is purpose for you so important because it gives you that passion for something? What is it? Why do you not sit and wait for the purpose, but why is this purpose in your life such a big driver? When they say your two birth dates, the day you were born and the day you were figure out what you were born to do. And I feel like, you know, when I had those yoga studios, I never worked a day in my life, you know. Well, it wasn't work. 60, 70, 80 hours a week, it didn't even matter because it was full soul, full of purpose. And I think that's worth waiting for because I don't, I don't want to work for a living, you know? It's just not interesting to me. I, I don't know what's coming, but I'm not patient, that's for sure. I am waiting right now. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I'm patient. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, you know, I don't know, but it's coming. I know it's coming. Mm -hmm. It's always coming. Maybe it's the same thing, you know? I keep thinking, maybe I'm done with yoga. Maybe it'll just be my own private practice. You know, after, you know, really being hurt from the yoga community so much, I really questioned yoga for a long time. I doubted it. And I was like, fuck yoga. If this is yoga, this is, I'm not, this is, I'm not a yogi. Like, if this is how yoga people treat other people, I, I'm not a yogi. Done. Mm -hmm. And I just went silent. Like, my meditation and my Buddhist teachers taught me is like, When you don't know, you go in, and you meditate, you get quiet, and you go and you get really alone. Like, go to that place. Like, go make yourself so freaking lonely. Like, go into the depths of those dark parts of yourself and, like, what's there? Like, what is it? What's there? What is your idea or recommendation to someone who is right now maybe facing a dark daemon within him or her? What to do with it? I mean, the only way out is in, and the only way out is through. And it's, it's a balance, though. You have to go in and like go to that dark side, but you can't stay there too long, you know, because you can, 
you could downward spiral and then at some point you got to put your boots on and you got to get up you know and that everybody's balance is different on that and everyone's process is different on that but I don't think you can skip that process you know those dark places like even here in Bali what I love is like they're not trying like if you, you see the gates before you go into any temple before you go into any city dark and light they're never they're not trying to get rid of the dark in Bali and their spiritual practice they're holding space for the dark and I feel like there's too much emphasis of like we got to get rid of the dark but without dark there is no light we have to hold space and be able to like go into like oh okay like I have this pattern in my life where I can be really mean okay well what does that what does that meanness got me that meanness has got me I can I can stand up for myself I have power because I can be assertive I can work on my technique and I don't have to be mean right so that darkness does serve us in some way we don't have to like expel all of it we hold space for it so we go in we see what's running our life feel it, move through it, and get the fuck out of there. Oh. <laughs> Very well said. Your husband is also part of the yoga spirit. Could you imagine to be with someone who is not sharing the same ideas of what you just told me and us? Or do you think you would, right now, it would be only possible to be with someone who is in this kind of same journey in spirit of mind? I can't answer those kind of unknown questions, you know, like I really don't know. Mm. Like we're together and we're on this path together and it's it's nice. It's also challenging too because it's never enough. Like, oh, you're not <laughs> meditating. Oh, you're eating meat, so much meat. Oh, you're, you know, like there can be judgment within that relationship too where if someone's not Interesting. on Interesting. Of course I was not thinking about that. Of course, when he's walking the same path as you do, you're also in a kind of like competition, but of course the other one points a bit more out where you are standing see not always good if they're not on the path you're like well he doesn't do yoga so like whatever like they just got their own thing you know i don't know i don't know yeah. the answer to that good point <laughs> three final questions what are the three things you are grateful for my health mm -hmm. you know i mean i do a gratitude practice every morning i'm grateful for my body and my health My practice, mm -hmm. like, I don't know how I would be where I am right now without this practice in my family, my kids, you know, my husband, and all the people around me that have supported me throughout this whole journey. What you have learned in life that you feel will be the most useful? The only way out is through. <laughs> one foot in front of the other even when you don't want to just get up and just move forward <laughs> I love that if you could eat dinner with three people mm. you don't know who would it be and where would you go three people I don't know well right now I would have dinner with Joe Dispenza Dr. Joe Dispenza Amazing. because like he's my boyfriend. He doesn't know he's my boyfriend, but I would <laughs> he's totally my boyfriend. I'm so in love with him. I've been doing his meditations for the last They are amazing. 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 Game changers. Good choice. So Joe Dispenza for number one. Number two, I really love Luke's story. He's another podcast guy that just I love what he's into and he's mm -hmm. definitely into the quantum field, which I'm really into, quantum field work. 
love that kind of stuff. Good. So Joe, Luke, third one. I don't know. I don't really know. I think I would stick with those two for right now that come to mind. And where would I have dinner? In their living room on the floor eating something that they made that was their favorite meals, you know, like something like that, you know, not, I don't need to be served, but I, the food wouldn't be that important. If the company is great, I'll eat whatever. Give me some popcorn and, you know, mm. whatever. I like that picture. I like it a lot. And maybe a last one I do have. You said before when I've asked you what kind of gift you would give to the world. You remember what you answered? Mm -mm. <laughs> you said to be awake. For humanity to be awake. Ah, yes. Yeah, is it still true? Yeah, I mean, I think we're awakening always, you know? And, and uh, I think the biggest gift I would give to the world is that we don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, we, whenever we feel like we know and then we're judging someone else, and like, I don't know, I think that to hold space for that, like, I don't really know if this is true or not. And to take other people's viewpoints and mm -hmm. not be so angry and just like, oh, like mm -hmm. question and have conversation and like just be in the space of wonder and not knowing. Mm. I think that that is more awakening mm -hmm. too. Like being able to question like what I think is true. It might not mm -hmm. be true. It's not true for other mm -hmm. people. And just like being in that space of wonder. This is such a beautiful ending. Being in the space of wonder. This is true for me as well. Anne-Marie, really, I enjoyed this journey through your life with uh, so much, so much. Thank you so much for your openness. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much for having spent time together. Not just time, but also your attention. I found it deeply impressive how Anne-Marie is making her way of living, how she could escape old patterns and established new ones so that she can actually be more herself. And I liked the fresh way also how she was speaking about kids. So I am curious in finding out what you could take away from today's episode. Feel free to leave a comment, drop me a note. Don't forget to subscribe and keep on shining. Yours, Corina Rosa. Mm -hmm.